Welcome back to Truck Tech, everyone. We're happy to have you. It is a new week and we've got new content for you. We're excited today to have Raquel Erdeson, who is the founder and CEO of Wabi Innovation with us. We're going to have a chance to talk to Raquel about all things artificial intelligence, one of the differentiators that, that Wabi is pushing in the autonomous trucking space. And we'll do that uh, right after these headlines. Artificial uh, intelligence aside, the bankruptcy court uh, has now approved the sale of Proterra's uh, battery assets. This was the uh, $210 million deal that uh, Volvo Group made, uh, the offer that they made in bankruptcy for those assets. And, and the battery business at Proterra called uh, Proterra Powered will become part of Volvo Group, um, in, and they have their own uh, electrification area, and that'll slide in under that. I don't know whether the Proterra name will survive, but we do know that most of those employees' uh, jobs are safe because they have very special skills and they will be used uh, as as part of uh, as part of Volvo. Uh, the 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 hearing to approve the sale of the Proterra Transit bus business though is still pending. It's been pushed out to December twelfth for a final decision. Phoenix Motor Cars kind of a uh, surprising uh, bidder for that. Uh, Part of the business uh, offered $10 million for the transit business. Uh, both of those are, of course, fire sale prices, uh, you know, coming out of a bankruptcy or reorganization. Tough times and uh, tough financial times, I should say, in the electrification uh, space reached north of the border this week when Lion Electric said it is laying off 150 employees across its electric bus and truck making operations. That's about 10% of the workforce. Uh, Lion's CEO said the company felt it could do the job and reach profitability faster with fewer employees. Okay, let's welcome in Raquel Erdeson. Raquel has been in the autonomous space for several years. She is the founder and CEO of Wabi Innovation. Uh, Raquel is also a full professor in the Department of Computer Science at the University of Toronto and uh, a co-founder of the Vector Institute for AI. From 2017 to 2021, she was the chief scientist and head of R&D at Uber ATG, which is now a part of Aurora Innovation. Raquel, welcome to Truck Tech. Thanks, Alana. Pleasure to be here today with you. Uh, it's great to have you. And I, I look forward to our conversation. You know, we're hearing so much now about AI and uh, autonomy, trucking autonomy. Uh, we're hearing AI in everything, really, aren't we? I mean, you know, it's a, it's a constant in the news. And, uh, you know, your approach is, uh, is a little different than some that we've talked about. I think in some ways, uh, you know, the differentiator between Wabi and your competitors appears to be AI. But uh, if asked, almost everybody in a space says they use AI in simulations of their driver system. So maybe we could start just by saying, how is Wabi different? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that uh, it's good to start maybe with an analogy, which is that, um, you know, today in the industry, everybody uses some form of AI, but, uh, you know, there is big differences in terms of uh, what that AI is. Um, and it's the same as saying that, you know, not all vehicles are equal because they use uh, an engine and wheels, right? So uh, if we look into the particulars of uh, the AI that we are utilizing, 
Uh, you can think of, uh, you know, the previous generation of technology, the rest of the competitors as utilizing a very hand engineer approach where AI has a secondary role uh, in a very complex system where there is, you know, small pockets of AI within that. Um, and the problem of this type of approach is that it's very brittle, um, that has uh, you know, difficulties generalizing to all the situations that happen uh, in the road. Um, uh, the difference with our uh, type of AI is we use generative AI. Think of it as the chat GPT for self-driving, right? That uh, enables you to have you know, a much more powerful approach that can really generalize to things it has never seen before. Uh, solve you know, all those difficult cases, uh, safety critical cases, et cetera, that might happen. Um, so it's, you know, it's a very, very uh, differentiated approach, uh, uh, but at the same time, you know, much more powerful, much safer, and something that you can also do much more capital efficient. Um, so this is as it relates to the virtual driver. And then with respect to simulation systems, um, so the industry uses simulation, uh, but simulation systems are fairly primitive in the sense that they either replay, uh, replay reality or only test a very small part of the system, typically motion planning by using behavioral simulations. Uh, for us, we use a simulator, which is, you know, basically, uh, you know, it's the same as the real world so that uh, you can really test and train the entire system in simulation uh, the way that uh, you will do if you were to have, you know, many, many vehicles, you know, driving in the, in the real world, right? And that's, you know, a big, big differentiator in terms of being able to expose to accidents, safety critical cases, and for the, uh, for the AI system to be able to learn like humans, the way that we, we learn is by experiencing the world, right? By driving around, we become, for example, million milers, right? Which are the most experienced drivers. And the only way that you can do this is by, having a super realistic simulation where you can really expose the system to everything that might happen. And that only well, works as uh, such a simulation system. <laughs> yeah, and let me let me ask you a, a little bit. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you, before we get back to it, we'll get back to simulation in just a moment, but how do you distinguish uh, between machine learning and artificial intelligence? Are, are they one and the same or are they, is the one a more advanced version perhaps of machine learning? Yeah, fantastic question. And these terms have been evolving over time as AI has become popular. Uh, you know, a decade ago, uh, machine learning is what today is called AI, and AI was more of uh, kind of knowledge representation systems, more of, uh, you know, old school AI, as we would call it today. Uh, today, things have evolved and oftentimes are used as synonyms, AI versus machine learning. Uh, there is there is no real differentiator between the two. There is there's you know many different techniques within AI uh, that, uh, but basically all AI systems today use some form of learning from data. So they are yeah. machine learning. So so okay. So let's get into some examples then of data that Wabi uses to train generative AI. Another term that has gained a lot of mm-hmm. a, a lot of attention lately. Um, I think we have some B-roll here that shows. Uh, some of some of what you do, but maybe you could walk us through that a little bit. Uh, yeah, so what you're seeing here is our first generation of trucks uh, that today, if you go to Texas, you will be, uh, you will see them driving autonomously uh, on public roads. Um, and basically, uh, you know, what in terms of uh, our approach uses multiple sensors for redundancy and safety. And what you will see as well is that the actual brain that drives the trucks is this foundational model, this generative AI technology, which is a single AI system that is able to perform all the tasks necessary for driving. 
Um, but, uh, you know, beyond what you will see with, uh, you know, the large language models, this system is able to be interpretable and it's something you can validate and verify. What you're seeing mm -hmm. now is as well the, um, you know, the simulation system that we have, WebiWorld, where basically, you know, it's very hard for a human and for a machine to make a difference between the real world versus the simulation, right? As you see here, uh, you know, it has a level of fidelity that, uh, you know, no other simulator out there uh, has. And the way that this works is that we can create a digital world, uh, digital twins, sorry, of the world. And those digital twins are composable and modifiable, so you, create, you can create all forms of situations and things that never happened before, but potentially could happen in the world. And you can do this at scale uh, in a way that is in closed loop, and also you generate how the sensors will have observed the scene, so that it's immersive and you can test and train the entire system at once, not just as part of, uh, a piece of the puzzle. Uh, so this is kind of you know the next generation tool that we need really to solve self-driving at the scale and commercialize at the scale. So does this data-intensive approach complement or ultimately replace the institutional knowledge that a human driver accumulate. So I know you've met with and have a group of uh, drivers that advise you on, on things. Um, but, but with this approach, with this, you know, big data approach, simulation approach, uh, does it replace that institutional knowledge, Raquel? Yeah, great question. So I think there is, uh, you know, for me, these are complementary things that uh, you need to use in order to build this technology. On one side, you want to build technology that learns like a human, right, by experiencing the world. And that's what you can do. Learning and simulation actions. Um, at the same time, you know, there is a great knowledge from the million milers, right? And the program that you're referring to, which we call the Driver Advisory Board, is basically bringing, one, you know, some of the best drivers in the industry that have, you know, one, two, three million miles uh, in their belt, right, to actually help us build the safest, best, uh, you know, best technology uh, by, uh, you know, incorporating that institutional knowledge uh, so that the system can become you know, as good as them and even better, right? Because, uh, you know, unlike humans, it doesn't get distracted, it doesn't get tired, and it sees much farther than 360 degrees around something that humans, you know, we cannot do. Our eyes can only focus in a very, very narrow field of view, right? So, so from that perspective, you know, we are bringing the best of humans and enhancing this to be a super driver as well. Yeah. You announced, uh, I don't know, it's been about four weeks or six weeks ago, a 10-year partnership with Uber Freight. And that suggests that uh, the digital freight broker, which, you know, uh, you and I and Leo Ron all talked together, uh, you know, they're taking a long bet on the Wabi technology. Obviously, there's some capacity that can be used. But, you know, Leo Ron told me that he's got 100 customers waiting right now to, to you know, uh, sign up for and to try autonomous uh, truck routing. Um, what is your go-to-market strategy with your driver uh, system? Yeah, great question. And uh, maybe to comment a little bit on the partnership, um, uh, just in case people haven't seen the, the announcement, right, is 
this is you know the largest most comprehensive partnership in the in the industry so it's a very very exciting uh, 10 year commitment uh, between the two companies where basically we provide a turnkey solution uh, for our customers and this is something that you know we hear from everybody which is that autonomy looks like you know complicated and they want a very simple path uh, to adopt this technology right so with this bundle we provide them with everything you know, from terminals, maintenance, uh, you know, red assistance, insurance, uh, trailer pools, uh, the Wabi driver, uh, the load matching, et cetera, so that, you know, if you're a carrier, you can basically just buy a Wabi uh, empowered truck, right? And then everything is, uh, you know, is done for you so that it can run 24 uh, seven in the Uber Freight Network, right? Which is, you know, a really uh, seamless integration. And if you are um, a shipper, right? This provides you a view as well in terms of, how this technology will affect potentially your distribution centers and your, you know, all the things that you are doing today, so that uh, you can take advantage of the technology to have a much more efficient supply chain. Um, and yeah, this commitment uh, and this partnership, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, is the system is the system Raquel a standalone that can be retrofitted at an OEM factory, or is it an aftermarket installer? In other words, you know, it's everything you talked about is great, but you've got to get your system into a tractor, you know, right, to be able to do all these things. Yeah, yeah, uh, fantastic question. So today, because we are in the R and D phase, um, you know, we have retrofitted trucks. Um, however, for uh, our commercial launch, driverless, uh, this will not be retrofitted trucks. This will be, uh, you know, uh, trucks that uh, have the Wabi driver at the factory line integrated already, right? We believe that to scale commercially uh, uh, and have a safe, uh, you know, robust uh, approach, then you need that, uh, you know, strategic partnership with an OEM. Um, and that has to be at the factory line. And, you know, there is some very exciting things on the domain, but, uh, you know, for another day, uh, uh, not, uh, not today. And as it relates to our business model that you asked me before, you know, we believe on driver as a service, uh, being very asset light, we don't want to own a very large uh, fleet uh, of vehicles. On the contrary, we're going to provide, you know, the technology so that carriers, uh, you know, or private fleets can actually own those assets. Yeah. So you're not going to really bulk up on the number of Wabi-enabled trucks. I mean, you you pass over finances. I always get into that in some way in these interviews. And, you know, you've raised over $100 million, but, uh, you know, you're really not raising that money so you can go buy a bunch of trucks. I think that's to continue to work on simulation and to work on the AI and, and things like that. So I guess I just want to understand and for our audience to understand, you know, when it comes time and, and, you know, you're working with, let's call it four major truck makers, um, will they be the ones to ultimately install this on a customer order basis, right? I mean, customers would need to come to them and say, I want the Wabi uh, system. I want the Wabi driver in in my cab, and at that point, is it something they could do at the factory level? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So that uh, that's what you will see uh, when we are ready to commercialize, particularly commercialize at the scale. Is that uh, that will be installed at the factory line from the OEM? Um, and maybe one thing that is worth mentioning is that uh, we think so our flexible technology. Uh, we can be very OEM agnostic in terms of it's very simple for us to potentially 
uh, have a Wobby driver solution for, you know, any of the four major OEMs, but also globally, uh, not just from, you know, the U.S. market. Uh, but yeah, you will see, that's what you will see from Wabi, which is, you know, for us, it's very important safety and uh, being, you know, building the best, uh, you know, the best and safest product. And you can only do that when you have, uh, you know, that uh, you know, partnership with the OEM and you do this at, at the factory line. Yes. So if you are a customer, you can buy uh, that from the OEM directly. So we've heard that model before, and it's still out there with some of your competitors who bet at this maybe a little longer than you have. Uh, Kodiak wants to do that. I think we've had a couple that have kind of fallen by the wayside. Uh, Embark Trucks comes to mind. They wanted to, they had a universal interface, uh, you know, that was agnostic to the maker. Um, and then of course it didn't work out for them. What is it that will allow the Wabi system then to become uh, a plug and play worthy type of system? How do you get past some of the challenges that others have had in this area? Yeah, yeah. So I will say that uh, you need much more than a universal interface. It's not just about interfaces, right? Interface is kind of the shallow level. Um, uh, what you need is a technology, the virtual driver, right, that can work with different uh, shapes of trucks, different sensor placements. And you need that uh, to be very robust so that you don't need to build a very tailored system for every configuration. And this is what we see in uh, what they call AV 1.0, previous generation of technology. Some of the players, you know, the players that you're referring to some, you know, the rest of the players of the industry is that if you move a little bit the sensor configurations on the track, nothing works, right? So that's technology that is very inflexible. Thanks to generative AI technology, you can actually be so much more flexible and have a virtual driver like for us that the same exact software without retraining can actually be put in different trucks. And that's something that we haven't seen from anybody else in the industry. Now, okay. it's important okay. also that to say that, that... is different. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very different. But yeah. it's important to say as well is that it's not because it's flexible that you don't require or you don't want to partner with the OEM, right? It's mm -hmm. very important that partnership, right? Because you want to build that safe technology. What we're starting to see now uh, advances, and I know a lot of it does fall to the tier one suppliers, but we're starting to see the integration. I was out in New Mexico a couple of weeks ago and with the folks from Torque, and they now have that integrated uh, uh, chassis that is so important to, you know, for the redundancy and things like that. Obviously, the true savings for a fleet comes when that autonomous driver system can in fact remove the driver from the cab and you don't need a safety driver. How far away does Wabi see that development for, for yourself? I mean, we've got a, a few uh, pins in the calendar for next year uh, for Aurora, which you're quite familiar with, and uh, also for Kodiak. Uh, Torque is using 2027 right now as their date. Do you have a date for commercialization at this point? Yeah, we definitely have a date and, you know, very clear roadmap and path to, to driverless. 
Um, we haven't shared it yet uh, with the public into when that is. Uh, what I can share with you is that, uh, so yes, we are a new player in the sense that, you know, we've been, uh, you know, Wabi two and a half years, it's a two and a half years old company. But, uh, you know, all of us have decades of experience in self-driving and we have new technology that what we've seen is that it's 10 times faster uh, in terms of the development than anything else that we have ever seen in any of the other competitors. Uh, so thanks to this technology, we can actually get to driverless commercial launch super, super fast. And I will leave it there. Uh, I will say that, uh, you know, we will get there super fast, much faster. You're but, welcome uh, to tell me when. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would love for you to tell me. But today, Alan, very, you know, I, I will be able to share more things soon. Um, but... Uh, you know, I will say as well that, you know, the timelines for uh, commercial launch are also tied to OEM timelines. Um, so, you know, both things uh, need to come together and, you know, sometimes timeless might actually be impossible just because of the OEM in itself. Right. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, you know, we, uh, you know, we are not going to share the date today, but uh, uh, rest assured that, uh, you know, we can arrive there safely, super, super fast. Right. Uh, thanks to this new technology. Okay, so you're not going to tell me. Okay, that's fine. I'll wait. No. Um, <laughs> I just, not I just have a couple more. We've got a few minutes left, and and I just got a couple, a couple more for you that uh, uh, th that I wanted to get into. You know, AI is one of those things that uh, maybe it's like cryptocurrency. It, it, people don't always understand it. And how much understanding are you finding as you explain the Wabi driver system to fleets and others? Who, who might not understand very much about this? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, so I would say that, you know, they don't necessarily understand all the intricacies of the technology, but they really understand the differentiators. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, potential customers, et cetera, they have been exposed to the previous generation of, uh, you know, AV technology. And they understand the, the pain points, uh, the pain points of needing, you know, large operations, uh, the slowness, slowness of progress, the lack of transparency. So um, a lot of these customers have uh, have been, you know, fairly disappointed with uh, what they have seen so far. And they, and they understand, you know, our value proposition clicks immediately. When they, mm -hmm. you know, we show them the simulator, the power, et cetera, they really understand that this is the future. Um, so it's actually a very easy you know, kind of sell in terms of, you know, or what we, why we're doing things differently and what this technology can do. Um, so it's been, you know, as, as you mentioned before, with, you know, the number of customers that I guess Lior, uh, you know, shared with respect to, uh, you know, getting on board on web technology, right? We've seen, you know, tremendous uptake and that's why we are uh, going to increase, uh, you know, our fleet a little bit now because there is so much demand um, that we want to, you know, capture a little bit more there. Uh, but, uh, you know, we see... Uh, you know, definitely they understand the value proposition. And for us, it's very important to lead with transparency. It's also important to show our technology so that, you know, people can really get a sense of what we can do and we can't do, which, uh, you know, has been a problem in the industry before, that lack of, uh, you know, that transparency versus, you know, um, something that was more headlines than anything else. I think transparency is obviously important, and I, I know you've mentioned it a couple of times, mm -hmm. but people do tend to fear what they don't understand. And we've seen this 
as kind of an undercurrent in the recent upheaval at OpenAI and, you know, maybe even, you know, some other uh, AI players. How do you calm any fears that might be out there on the part of fleets? Yeah, so I think that, you know, there is uh, more than just fleets, right? There is an important component of uh, any new technology, which is education. And this is something that, you know, I care tremendous about. And, you know, as a professor, I guess this is what I've been doing for, you know, the last 20, 20 years, right? Which is kind of making sure that people can understand, you know, obviously to a certain level of depth, right? But they can understand what this technology is. And I think it's very important for us, the AV providers, to do that. But also there is a role for regulators as well as for other institutions, like, for example, universities, et cetera, to, uh, you know, be part of contributing to that education of the public in terms of what the technology is, what the technology can do, what to expect, how this technology is going to react with respect to, uh, you know, as it's driving in the real world, et cetera, so that uh, there is no fear, but there is, uh, on the contrary, this excitement because there is so many benefits, you know, of this technology from safety to sustainability to, you know, our supply chains are very disrupted, right? And in many ways, automation is kind of the only way for us to get us there. Sure. I've got about 30 seconds here, so I hate to ask you for a question for 30 seconds, but I'm going to do it anyway. Your name is interesting. You've explained it to me, but I'd like you to explain the Wabi name in just a few sentences to our audience, would you? Yeah, sure. Um, so in Onishwe, which is, yeah, in Onishwe, Wabi, uh, which is the First Nations of Canada, it means she has vision because it's a new vision of how to solve self-driving. And in Japanese, Wabi-Sabi is the beauty of simplicity because we have a single AI system, much more streamlined software stack to solve this problem. Very good. You did it in less than 30. Raquel, thank you so much for being here today. It's been great to catch up a little bit. Um, folks, we will be back with another show next week. Uh, our guest will be Jim Mullen, who is the executive director of the Clean Freight Coalition, and we'll hear some of what he's up to, um, working with some of the bigger players in the trucking space, uh, uh, you know, as we're starting to see more and more headlines around the CARB uh, rules coming into play beginning in early 2024. You can catch all of our shows on the YouTube uh, channel, the FreightWaves YouTube channel. We hope you'll do that. Thanks very much for being here. Have a great week.